Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Under the Hoodies. I am Bill Kegel. Again, joined by no one right now. Dan will be calling in. I hope at some point he does call in when the show starts as opposed to five minutes after it. Um, I'm starting to notice that if I start at eight, he's, he calls in late. If I start at nine, he calls in late. So maybe Dan's just one of those guys that are late. No big deal, though. We will uh, file on. Last week I did a solo episode. Um and that was my decision, just because it was my anniversary. Uh, anniversary weekend was good. It was fun. Spent way too much money, but that's okay. Good for your marriage. Um, so, first thing we're going to talk about is uh, Buffalo. Um, and, again, the reason that I'm covering the Buffalo Bills right now is mainly because I live here. Um, Marcel Darius suspended for four games. Missed drug tests is, I guess, what happened there. Um <clears throat> That investment is starting not to look that good. You know, he signed a 70-year, $103 million deal about a year ago, and so far uh, he's he had a decent year last year. Uh, he was better under Jim Schwartz, um, but I, I still don't know. I, I just don't like when teams pay non-quarterbacks that much money. I, I just don't know if the if – the, if the value above replacement, I guess, is is worth it. I, I just don't I don't get it because I mean you can find a guy that's a, that's you know whatever eighty five percent as good as Marcel Darius. I will say, and then you have to you can pay him half that contract, and that's a good contract. I mean that's still that's a lot of money, but that's a good contract. So I, I just don't get it. I, I don't I don't know why. I think I did hear something interesting the other day, which is when Colin Cowherd called Buffalo an insecure sports city, and. They are. The Giants never were until this year. Um, they did overpay for some defensive line help, but they really desperately needed it. And Jerry Reese is basically throwing up a Hail Mary from the 50 in order to in order to sort of I would say revamp the defense, but at least give Steve Spagnola a similar skill set of players that they had when he was the defensive coordinator in 07. Again, I'm not a fan of nostalgia either. I, I thought that was a very nostalgic hiring. Um, anyway, I digress from the Bills. Marcel Darius, way overpaid. I'm not a fan of giving that, that kind of player that much money uh, outside of quarterback. Uh, now, a lot of people uh, are disagreeing with, uh, with, with the Bills paying Tyrod seven years, $90 million. All right, very little of that's guaranteed, especially in the first year. He makes $9 million this year, and then it jumps up significantly next year. But it's essentially a one-year contract with uh, a five-year option, if that makes sense. So standing of it is he gets $9 million this year, and then I think he gets a significant raise uh, next year and all the years after, especially with incentives and whatnot. And I guess the incentives aren't that difficult to reach. Um, I haven't really found um, – I haven't looked yet today, but I haven't really found anything sort of breaking down uh, what he's getting paid um, over the duration or what the incentives are um, throughout the duration of his, of his deal. So I like it. I think it's a good, I think it's a good deal. Um, I think why have that hanging over your franchise? Why have that hanging over your franchise? going into the season and then him playing way better. I mean, on a less, uh, on a much smaller scale, the Ravens did this. The Ravens did this with Joe Flacco a couple of years ago. Joe Flacco, you know, I think there was something like something small, like $5 million apart over the length of the contract, which is sort of silly. And then they're like, all right, we'll just let him play it out. And then uh, we'll resign him after the end of the year. Well, where they handcuffed themselves is that they – did that, and then he goes on to win the Super Bowl. I, I highly, highly, highly doubt that's going to happen with Tyrod. But so, what if he outplays what they're willing to pay or what they can afford? Then they're stuck with a, you know, they have to sort of pay him at the end of the year or risk losing him. So I thought the deal was smart. Make it early. Um, give him the one year, essentially nine million dollar contract, and then with incentives or whatever let him earn the rest of it. So what I'm seeing right now, I'm looking at spot track right now. This year it's a seven point nine million dollar cap hit. Fifteen point nine next year, sixteen point seven the year after, seventeen point three, seventeen point six, and seventeen point six. 
Um, so his base salary does jump up quite a bit uh, next year. Uh, it goes from $2.6 million this year, $3.5 million roster bonus, and then next year it does jump up to $12 million, which is kind of crazy. I know there's an option bonus in there, $3.1 million. Um, but they can sort of cut him at the end of this year, and I don't think they have a lot of dead money if they do that. So I, I thought, like, again, I thought it was really smart. Um, uh, I thought it was really smart just to sort of get it done and get it out of the way. And then now they can sort of focus on, they can sort of focus on uh, extending Stefan Gilmore um, before he hits the open market. Because again, I'm afraid that they are going to overpay them, overpay him. And uh, he's a guy you can really pencil in for missing two to four games as good as he is. You can always pencil him in for missing a few games. So, I, uh, I'm I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of resigning Stephon Gilmore to an absurd number. I think they were smart a few years ago to let Jarius Bird walk, but um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. It, it's it's going to be interesting to see what the day what they offer him. But I think if if the number gets insanely high, I think it's best to let him go. Um, I'm joined by Dan. Dan, what's up? Hey, what's going on? So I, I guess uh, I'm walking in on Buffalo Bills talk. Yeah, Buffalo some Bills. Um, you know, I yeah, cannot, because after it actually has sort of an eventful just, week. I I hear, yeah, with uh, Darius and pretty much everything else going Manny on. Manny Lawson, yeah, man, yeah, Manny Lawson. Um, obviously, uh, I think since last week's episode, they lost Reggie Ragland for the year. I think that might have happened right around last week's episode. Uh, Shaq Lawson now looks like he's coming back a little earlier than they thought. But um, that's good. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I definitely use it. I don't know what. The... Yeah, for sure. So, all right, we'll just sort leave the we'll, we'll table the bills noise. talk. But yeah, the background noise. Is... All right, for everybody listening, by the way, Dan and I talk over each other, and the reason that is is because there's there's a delay with the server. I'm not sure why. Um, but it is a little it's a little confusing and a little frustrating to us. So if you hear that right. happening. We're working out the beats. This is still really on. This is really early on in uh, whatever the show is going to be. So uh, just let us work it out. All right. right. All right. Every single time, every um, single time I say something, I could tell about three seconds later that you heard what I said. So there's always like a right. I think it messes up our rhythm a little bit. A little bit, and um, maybe I'll just sell my house and move to Cleveland, and that way we can actually do the show and look at each other. That would be ideal. but, okay, so what did you take away from week one of the preseason? Because I personally took away nothing. Dak Prescott did not impress me, whatever. Nick Foles is the greatest preseason quarterback I've ever seen in my life. You know, he's barely, he's barely a serviceable NFL starter uh, unless, you know, uh, uh, and that might even be a stretch. I might be overrating him. He had that one insane year with Chip Kelly. But I definitely feel like Chip Kelly could turn me into a serviceable quarterback. So I'm not overly impressed. I am actually I, – I, I really wish I was on record saying this on the show, by the way, that I think everyone thinks that Colin Kaepernick and Chip Kelly are this great marriage. I, I don't think running quarterbacks are his thing. I think he likes mobile quarterbacks, but I thought Blaine Gabbert was a way better fit for what Chip Kelly wanted to do than Colin Kaepernick ever was. I, I, think, I, I think that Blaine Gabbert is going to run away with that starting job. I think Kaepernick gets cut. And I think they just eat the dead money and move on from the whole the Jim Harbaugh, Colin Kaepernick era. Um, but that's me. And I think Chip, I think Chip does stay out of personnel, but I think he has input in personnel as opposed to signing all the people himself. And uh, right. I, I do think that San Francisco is legitimate in like a year or two. I just hope that they, for their fans' sake uh, and their organization's sake, that they actually sort of stay the course with Chip Kelly because I think there's something there with him. I think he's an extremely innovative coach. I think the NFL has changed a lot because of him. I think the ripple effect of Belichick going to Oregon and sort of mimicking some of his offensive stuff, I think the NFL is moving in the direction that Chip Kelly offense suits. I, I, and he's relatively young for an NFL head coach. So I, I do think that they are – I do think that the, I do think the Niners got themselves really good value with him. I, I do think that, that he is – I think that he's a very, very, very good head coach. Um, and I'm curious to see where they go from here. Uh, what are your thoughts on – first of all, what are your thoughts on uh, 
on preseason hype quarterbacks um, being the uh, epicenter of preseason hype quarterback uh, uh, in Cleveland. And um, and uh, what did you think of what did you think of Dak Prescott? Okay, all right. So first, I don't t- put any stock in a preseason. Um, there's a lot of Bills fans, or probably actually everybody that listens to us is a Bills fan, but. I mean, you could really look back to the the year the Patriots went sixteen and zero during the regular season, and I believe they went they're zero and four. They're zero and four in the preseason. In the preseason. Yeah, yep. Yeah, um, I mean that shows you all you need to know. And how many, you know, preseason studs have ended up just being total duds during the regular season? Um, I just I don't put any stock into it. Um, you know. What was the second part of your question, Dak Prescott? I mean, I guess that's just piggybacking off what I just said. I mean, I don't consider that to be – I mean, you know, he played well. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't put any stock into it, you know, because he may have had the game of his life, you know, and he just – it's just you can't take anything from it. You just take it with a grain of salt. Right, because uh, – right, because – because even if he's playing against the starters, the starters are going, I don't know, 75% speed. They're not going full speed. Uh, he was throwing to Des Bryant against a defense that was going half speed. And, you know, and he, like I said, Nick Foles a couple of years ago was the best preseason quarterback I've ever seen. Um, and that's sort of how I got into my Chip Kelly tangent. But I definitely wanted to get that out before I forgot what I wanted to say about him. But, um but yeah, I, I do. I do think that that this Dak Prescott thing. I hope Tony Romo gets Tony Romo gets injured. Um, fat or not, I'm still definitely afraid of that guy as a Giants fan. Um, so I hope Dak Prescott starts the year. I really do. I hope he's. I hope he's their starting quarterback for 16 games because all that means is the Giants have two uh, two wins this year. I'm excited about that. But I do think it's insane. But. What did, did you take anything away from the preseason games, like any of the ones you saw? How, what did you think of RG3's performance? Um, I guess just what's your, what's your quick take of the preseason then, then sort of dive into the RG3 thing? Yeah. Now, this is kind of totally going back on what I just said, but it's just kind of what I expect out of RG3. Um, I thought yeah. RG3 performs the way RG3 will perform in the regular season. I thought, you know, obviously the first pass, he came out, he hit Terrell Pryor um, for, for a huge gain. I think it was like 30 yards. And, I mean, it, it looked like, all right, great. You know, we're going to look explosive. And then the rest of the time, he, you know, he threw a pick. Um, he, even in the preseason, he can't read defenses. He just, he just doesn't. I, I honestly, I've told you this before. I would be shocked if RG3 starting um, by mid October, either because he was hurt or because he was benched. Because he just can't read defense, right. and he's just not ac- accurate. I just I just see nothing in him. Obviously, like I said, the preseason isn't anything to put any, you know, stock into. But, I mean, just nothing I've ever seen from him is suggested to me that he's going to end up being a good NFL quarterback. His first season, you know, people are going to argue that. His first season, they basically took the most simple offense from college, which was Baylor's offense, and they put it in the NFL. And then once they, once the NFL saw what he was doing and was able to adjust to RG3, then obviously he had to start learning how to be a real quarterback, and that's when he went downhill. Um, yeah. So I just – I'm not real big on RG3. And I, oh, uh, way, I did think. Um, I, oh, go ahead. Because, because you're a Giants fan, you'll you'll get this. But if the Browns pass on um, Carson Wentz, he becomes a stud quarterback for the Eagles. I'm going to lose my mind. If they put the stock into RG3 being the reclamation project to become the quarterback of the future, and they just thought they would do that and pass on Wentz, I will just I don't know. That will test my Browns fandom. I'll just say that. I understand. Um, I think that he um, – oh, man. I, 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 You know what I was more impressed with in that game than RG3 is uh, Terrell Pryor. 
Uh, and, you know, it's funny. I love the I love the hypocrisy of um, just generic sports fan, and I, I'm I'm willing to say this because I know it's true. There's a dusting of racism, maybe unintentional racism, uh, in the fact that Terrell Pryor, you never hear him really get credit for saying, okay, I'm fine with not playing quarterback in the NFL. I'm going to play receiver so I can stay in the NFL. Tim Tebow refused to play anything but quarterback, and now is trying his hand at baseball. We're not going to dive into the Tim Tebow playing baseball thing because it's absolutely ridiculous, and there's no way he makes it. And it's not going to be realized. No, but I do think it was extremely arrogant of him to sign baseballs and baseball back uh, before he even made in the NFL, or excuse me, in, in the major leagues. And uh, honestly, if he does try his hand, I hope somebody in Double A hits him in the. I don't know about the face because you know that's, I, that's dangerous. I will, but I definitely hope he takes a ninety-eight mile an hour fastball off his off his back or his shoulder. You know, I I loved. I can't. It was somebody on the Forty ers responded, and they were just like, "Well, all right. Well, I played high school, or I haven't played uh, football since high school, so I'm going to turn around and go to the NFL now." Some base. Some baseball player from, uh, you know, I got that mixed up. Some baseball player from uh, the Giants um, had said that. But you no, Walter, you can't just really like not play baseball for eight years or nine years and decide you're going to go to the, you know, go sign right with a major league team. Right. Uh, but anyway, we're we're, we're jumping Hang off next. We're not we're not diving into this. Go ahead. Um, so I, I'm I'm gonna filibuster a little bit while whatever's going on over there gets uh, you, you get that handled. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I was really impressed with Terrell Pryor as a receiver. I thought he looked really good. Obviously, he had a fantastic combine. He had a lot of he had a very wide receiver like numbers. And for a guy that played and had a little bit of success in the NFL as a quarterback, I mean, he didn't exactly set the world on fire, but I thought he was at least serviceable. I think he was under. Uh, Hugh Jackson, I, I maybe um no 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 that was Carson Palmer. So I think he would have played in 2013. So I'm drawing a blank on their coach at the time, but I honestly didn't think he was that bad um, as a quarterback. But I do like that he's taken the time to he's taken the time to become a wide receiver. He's he's taken the time to really try to fully embrace it. Uh, and it looks like he's going to be their number two or maybe even number one uh, along with Corey Coleman. And I, I do like that about him. I think that's another weapon. I think he's somebody that's super dynamic with the ball in his hands. I'm Dennis Allen was their head coach. That's right. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't really, I don't really hate, I don't really hate the move. Uh, by Terrell Pryor and, and the Browns for taking a flyer on him. And I, Hugh Jackson has been really good. positive about him. Yeah. I, they I really like have it. to take a look with him. I mean, they invested no draft picks. Oh, by the way, I want to apologize for everybody because I just walked in and picked up dinner. So uh, I know there was some background noise there for a second. Oh, um, good. But yeah, um, there is no um, downside to it. I mean, if he sucks and he's horrible and he, you know, he can't catch anything, they just cut him, you know. It's and how many quarterbacks have made the transition to wideout? And just off the top of my head, I mean, Heinz Ward, um, Julian Edelman, Bolden, I, I, Anquan yeah, Bolden. I mean, I think was so recruited to play. Yeah, and it's funny. You know, what's funny is that I'm looking at his. I'm looking at Terrell Pryor's measurables. Actually, his, his size is more impressive than I thought. He's six four and a half, two hundred and forty pounds, and ran a four three eight forty. That that's actually a great gr- that's a great um pro day. Um so anyway. Just uh, based on his size, he's gonna win some matchups. I mean he goes against a five yeah, nine quarterback. So he's great. I think he I think he's an athlete, man. I think I think somebody with that with that kind of speed clearly has some explosion in their legs. I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be a nice receiver. Um so we um, we started out a couple weeks ago. We were going to start doing uh, previews of each division. Um, we are going to do – we're going to knock out probably the rest of that next week. Uh, but this week I wanted to get a little bit more uh, a little bit more NFL-specific on uh, certain, certain things that we may or may not have seen in, in preseason. Again, I think I, I, it's hard to take anything from preseason. There are some of these breakout players, I mean, a la Victor Cruz, you know, Terrell Pryor might be this year's version of Victor Cruz. I, I, 
I would like to hope so. But um, with the NFL season coming up, uh, I, I just want to sort of get on this Arizona Cardinals thing and just sort of say that, like, I do not trust Carson Palmer's, A, ability to stay healthy, B, ability to come up big in, in, in important games. And I, I just think that that team, I always worry about the preseason favorite team. Because if, if it's not the Patriots, or it's not a team that's been successful the last handful of years. Like, and I by successful, I mean, you know, trip to the Super Bowl, trip to the NFC Championship, trip to, you know, whatever, second round of the playoffs consistently for a handful of years. They're bringing back a lot of the same players for for a duration of time. I, it's hard for me to trust that team. And in this instance, I, I don't feel – I just don't like the quarterback for the Cardinals. I love the rest of the roster. I think it's Ron Matthew. Healthy is one of the five best football players in all the NFL. Um, Patrick Peterson, one of the three best corners in the NFL. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald still has it. Uh, Michael Floyd, eh, you know, I think he's a little overrated, but I think he's a good number two. Um, I, I like John Brown. I like David Johnson, Chris Johnson. I, I really like a lot of their team. I think the Chandler Jones trade was really smart. I like Calais Campbell. I mean, I like all facets of that team other than the quarterback, which is the most important position. And I think Carson Palmer, good, not great. I think he's a wildly overrated. I definitely don't think that they're going to the Super Bowl with that guy as their quarterback. I just don't. Unless David Johnson's absolutely incredible and he becomes, you know, the second coming of Terrell Davis and sort of propels the team with a good quarterback. And I'm saying John Elway, good at that point in his career, good, um, not great. Not that John Elway wasn't, you know, in my opinion, is one of the two best quarterbacks of all time uh, with Tom Brady sort of, uh, you know, next to him in that. So, anyway, um, I I just hope that for Cardinals fans' sake that that Carson Palmer is planned not for but around by Bruce Arians, I think. I'm just not a fan of – I'm just not a fan of him. I do think Seattle's the superior – uh, option as far as representing the NFC in the title game. I'm also not a fan of the Panthers sort of repeating last year's success, although their schedule is pretty easy and they should breeze right through it. But again, I, I, I still think that Seattle's a team in the NFC. Um, I, it's hard for me to be biased when I'm picking a sleeper NFC team. Um, but I obviously, I absolutely love the Giants. I've been a Giants fan since I was a small, small boy. And uh, all I'll say is that look out for them because last year they lost games very, very, very late in games. I, they were in every single game they played with the exception of the Vikings game. And um, they, I think that they are going to be really, really special on offense. And defense, I think, is going to go from atrocious, maybe one of the worst defenses I've ever seen in my NFL watching Days to average, which if they had an average defense last year, I think they're 10 and 6 and make the playoffs. And, you know, with the Giants in the playoffs, anything can happen. So, as a Dark Horse team, biased Bill will say that the Giants are my Dark Horse team in the NFC. Unbiased Bill, my Dark Horse team in the NFC. And I don't know how dark they are, but the Vikings, I, I love that team. I love Mike Zimmer. So, anyway, that's just a quick NFC thing by me. Uh, Dan, what do you got for the NFC? What do you, what do you think in the same vein in which I – sort of just went over uh, what I think is going to happen. So I don't know if you could really call them a dark horse team, but I'm going to go ahead and go with the Packers. Um, I kind of feel like it's occurred to Aaron Rodgers that he's not going to play forever. I mean, when when did he win the Super Bowl? It was 2000... 2010. Super Bowl 45. 2010. I mean, we're, we're going up on Super Bowl 51 this year. Right. I mean, it's been six years. Um, I feel like there's finally going to be a sense of urgency. Actually, I read an article. There was an interview with him where he um, where he acknowledged it for the first time that, you know, he's not getting any younger. He hasn't won a Super Bowl in six years. And, you know, he kind of needs to step his game up because he's really going to be considered one of the best all time. You know, he needs to start winning more often and stop letting opportunities slip through his hands. So I'm, I'm not sure you I mean, really call them a dark horse because they're always a contender, but that would be my team um, that I would 
Actually, you know what? I'll put that as that's the team I picked coming out of the NFC. Um, Ooh, early. Early, early, early prediction. I I totally agreed with you on the Cardinals. Um, I don't trust Carson Palmer. Yeah. I feel like he's just going to fall apart again. Um, I I think they're going to have a nice record this year, though. It wouldn't surprise me if they go anywhere from 11-5 to 13-3, maybe even 14-2. But – I, I think that I uh, my problem with them is just that I just I just don't trust these preseason hype teams. You remember the Dream Team Eagles from a few years ago? I don't trust. I didn't like right. them. I didn't trust them. I just don't trust stacked stacked team preseason favorite. I just don't. Um, but yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Right, right. Because uh, I feel like every year these teams read press about them being the uh, favorite. I don't know if they get arrogant or lazy or they just fall under, the, you know, get crushed under the pressure, but they just never seem to turn out. Um, right. I I also agree with you on Carolina. I don't see them ever redoing what they did. Uh, you know, I, th- I think they might be a playoff contender. They may go 10-6 and, six and, you know, make, you know, well, win a game or two in the playoffs. Yeah, I just I feel, feel like their schedule is so easy that they're going to go 13-3 and three or something because their schedule is just a, a legit – one of the easiest schedules I've ever seen. So, I think they do make it to the playoffs. I think they get a first-round bye, but I think they get bounced in the first round – or, excuse me, in the second round. Um, I don't think they want to game in the playoffs. Totally just, uh, just, yeah. Although they are – they're sort of built for the long term because they got a lot of young players um, that are – that are um, – they're coming up on contract extensions. I think Kawan Short is gonna is gonna be up. Um, I think that uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, the dude that was really good in the play, basically their only good player during the Super Bowl. Um, oh, Coney Ealy, uh, that's his name. Um, he's he I, he's in for a monster year, and he's gonna get paid. Luke Keekley's coming up on uh, needing to get paid. Um, uh, but yeah, Devin Funches yeah, apparently he's, been he's one of those guys. Like, camp. He's not. He's not like. What was it Greg Norman? Where you could let that guy go. Josh Norman. Uh, George, Josh. Or Norman. Josh Norman. Sorry, I'm getting names mixed up today. Um, but yeah, no, sorry. You could let a guy like that go. Luke Keekley is. I don't want to overstate this. Um. He's the best cover linebacker to come some, out of college. Yeah, in a long time. He's he's gonna end up being somewhere between Brian Urlacher and Ray Lewis is probably too high of praise. Somewhere in between there. We'll just say that. He's gonna be a really good linebacker. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say I was hoping you named another middle, a white middle linebacker. I was really hoping you went white guy, white guy comparison. Yeah, he's somewhere between uh Clay Matthews and um and Brian Urlacher and uh, and Kevin Green and uh, uh, I don't know another yeah. white linebacker. Honestly, <laughs> like I can't wait for there to be a white cornerback. They're gonna be like, yeah, yeah. So everyone's like, yeah, Zach. Everyone's like the next Jason Seahorn. It's like, okay, great. Like I really, I cannot wait because has there been a white cornerback since uh, since Jason Seahorn? They keep converting him to safety. I really Eric don't Rattle. think so. Eric Weddle so. was probably the closest thing, and then uh, they converted him to a safety. Obviously, he's a, he was a great player for a long time, but, uh, but yeah. Um, oh, man, I love when people do that. It's like, Joey Bosa, the next J.J. Watt. I was like, well, look at their, uh, look at, look at their pre-draft measurables. Not even close. J.J. Yeah. Watt is so far ahead of that guy as an athlete. It's, it's almost laughable to compare the two. Just because they're two white guys playing the same position don't be the yeah. same guy. It drives me nuts. It's like Victor Cruz's best comparison isn't with other Latino black receivers. Him and Wes Welker yeah. are essentially the same guy, you know? It's so stupid. Yeah. It's just I hate when that happens. It drives me nuts. So I was hoping when you said Prior Lecker, I was like, please say another white linebacker. Please say another white linebacker. And then you went Ray Lewis, and I was like, oh, he ruined it. Um, yeah, I don't feel ever right, much. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm totally wrong. But Ray Lewis is obviously an all-time great. Um, you know, he Oh, he's the second best linebacker ever probably behind uh behind yeah. Lawrence Taylor. Right. So it's kinda of hard to you know, kind of put you know, between Erlocker and 
Ray Lewis, but I think that's kind of where he'll land. But I think that's he, fair you know, for him. I honestly think I think that's fair for him, honestly, because because Erlacher was drafted out of college to be a safety. They converted him to a linebacker, and he had to put weight on. And uh, he he early in his career way, was covering guys similar to Keekley. So I, I think I think, I think that's actually fair. What's that? Have you seen um, Brian Erlocker with hair? He's, yeah, he's been like, I'm not a fan at all. Yeah, and and he's like, yeah, I always wanted hair, and I was balding when I was like 25 or whatever, and now I'm growing it. <laughs> I don't know if he's a spokesman for these hair growth people, but oh, for like Bosley or something. Yeah, he's like, he's yeah, he's, he's like in with these hair plug people. Yeah, it's like seeing Bruce Willis with hair. I. I had the exact same feeling when I first saw him with hair. It was like watching Bruce Willis with hair. I'm like, the hell? Like, why Why does this bald people? Now, if Jason Statham comes out with like, right. a full head of jet black hair, I'm going to kill myself. I mean, yeah. It's, like, it just doesn't seem right. No, it's weird. I want Jay Glazer, Jason Statham, and Stone Cold Steve Austin all to come out with a full head of hair. That that would be ideal for me. You want to that way I can sort of get past this. Well, The Rock used to have hair. His hair looked weird, though, when he was Rocky Maivia, like, in 1997 for the WWF. Um, Dude, it's amazing to see how pudgy he was then. He was, like, super pudgy back then, and now he's totally jacked. Yeah. Like, at, like, yeah, 45 was... or however old he is. He looks 100 times better oh, than natural. he did when he was, like, 27. Okay, now PEDs. Do you, if you were an actor, would you take PEDs? Actually, I think as a as a as a deliver as a water delivery guy, I would take PEDs if I could afford them. <laughs> it really gets you ahead. Um, no, I would yeah. never take uh, PEDs. I mean, just the side effects. I mean, hey, I mean, just as a whole, look at all the professional wrestlers that end up dead by the time they're like forty. All right, there's, those are steroids, though. I'm talking about, like, HGH. They give HGH to 95-year-old women, you know? I would take HGH if I could afford it. That's what I mean by PEDs. Like, I would take um, – okay. like, I, w- I wouldn't take steroids that, like, that Schwarzenegger was during, uh, you know, the Pumping Iron documentary, but I would 100% um, – uh, I would 100% take um, – uh, HGH or uh, uh, drawing a blank what the other crap is, but I would 100% take that. 100%. Something you really thought this one out. Like you really. Uh, yeah, it. I looked up. I looked up pricing and stuff. It's like two grand a month to take uh, to get HGH, and I think that's illegally, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but if my grandma was still alive and she had to take it, eh, I'd probably take part of the bottle, take a couple, see how I felt. Grandma's missing her HGH. This is weird to think about. Uh-huh. Right. I start growing, like, uh, I start growing jet black hair on my knuckles and stuff. I don't know what the heck. I don't have any arm hair, really, so it's kind of nice. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I think that's more testosterone or anything. You start growing this big nasty beard. You just have, like, blotches yeah, and of you hair don't... popping out everywhere. Right. All over your face. I... I... Well, and you, as, and you know me, I can't grow facial hair to save my life. Like, so I, I don't know. I think it'd be awesome. Like, I, I, I wouldn't be nice to have a nice thick beard. Um, but yeah, no, mine grows in like it looks like a mixture between cat hair and pubic hair that grow out of my face. It's it's terrible. I hate it. Yeah. Well, I mean, would you rather have that, or would you rather have like Ryan Fitzpatrick? By the way, that I get high like here shit. in the summer, so no. It does look like shit. He looks so homeless. He looks like he's got like mental issues, like that outgrown hair that like can cut your hair and cut your stupid beard, and it just—it's it just, a novelty well, thing. Beards are out, I think. By the way, I don't know if chicks are into beards like they were like three, four years ago. I think beards. Uh, uh, I don't know what was what was popular like four years ago. Silly bands. Where are all the kids into silly bands, like having rubber bands on their uh, all the way up to their forearms and shit. And then like um, I think like the lumberjack look. I think that's gone now. And I think it. I think now it's probably just like the skinny, wafy, like um, 
Oh, do you watch the challenge on MTV? No, I never have. Okay, there's this dude on there, Nate. He's real skinny. He's got, like, a lot of weird tats. I don't know whose dog this is out there, but I actually want to go out there and uh, I don't like hitting animals, so I would probably just go out there and tell it off all sassy. But um, but anyway, yeah, he, this guy is real skinny, wears a lot of vests with his puny arms sticking out and a lot of skinny jeans and, you know, jeggings, I think is what, uh, what they wear now. So I think that guy might be in now. He's got a weird, like, he's got a weird mustache. Like, he, he has, like, you know what his facial hair looks like is Little Penny from the uh, the Nike commercials from like twenty years ago. He has the same facial yeah. hair as Little Penny. Yeah. You know, having a little stubble so anyway. or you know, having like a well-groomed beard, I guess wouldn't be bad. Actually, I still think it's kind of. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I'm with. It almost seems actually, like everyone uh, the, with those big bushy beards is doing it because they think it's like like a badge of honor. Like, it somehow proves that they're tough or something. almost reminds me of the, the guys who buy trucks and don't need them. And, and, we, and wear tap. Yeah, and wear tap-out yeah. shirts. Like an Ed Hardy. Right. Yeah, I'm with you on this. Yeah, the beard is the new Ed Hardy shirt. I'm with you on this. Um, so, anyway, what the hell were we talking about again? Uh, 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 oh, Brian Erlacher's head, head of hair. Oh, you get so off topic. This is, this show is yeah. literally like one of the calls just recorded though. Right. Yeah, no, yeah. it is. Um, minus, for whatever reason, when we have phone calls, we don't talk over each other because of this delay. Anyway, blog talk, if you're yeah. listening, you fix that shit. Like, it's it's ridiculous. You know what? I shouldn't swear, by the way, because I think a couple of my customers listen to this. So, uh, you know, whatever. Hey, man, oh. I just bought a Jetta. That's exciting. I bought a I bought a 2013 Jetta. So how do you like it so far? Oh, man, it's great. It's quick. You put it in sport mode. It's got uh, it's got touchscreen and all that jive in it. It's pretty it's pretty slick. I like it. Everybody keeps calling it a hot chick car. And uh, uh, yeah, mine's being car. hot and or a what does chick. That mean? Yeah, from, I don't know. But I love it at work. Are they right, saying right, you can work. pick up hot chicks? Are they saying it's like a chick car? That it's a chick car. Chick yeah, car. it's a chick car. So, I, all right, this is a fun. This is sort of a funny thing. There's a dude at work. All right, all right. Everyone's just basically giving me shit at work about it. It's like everyone's like, all right, uh, you know, one guy drives a Jeep, one guy drives like a Chevy Impala, like an older body style. You know, guy drives a truck. Yeah. Then everyone's, like, picking on me. I'm like, all right, whatever, you know, uh, it's funny. And then the dude that drives a – oh, wait, maybe I shouldn't say this because I think you drive it too. But you know what? You're not picking on me about it, so I don't care. The dude that drives a Ford Focus, he drives a four-door Ford Focus, which is actually, I think, exactly what you have. He was calling my car. Okay. And it's like, for one, that's you know, you, you, really you, really not, you, you really need to tread lightly here because I actually drive a Ford Focus. I'm actually driving one. As yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, I speak. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing, but he's picking. No, he's picking on the Jetta as a guy that drives a Ford Focus. They're the same size car. Literally, and that's, no that sense. was more my point than me. Exactly. You know what? It's like, all right, he's probably just the guy the that guy, gets made fun of, so he doesn't need to join in on everybody else. Exactly. And I wasn't Correct. discrediting the Ford Focus. I'm discrediting uh-huh. him talking about my car being a chick car, which, oh, by his God. definition, is what my car is. And it's the same size as that Ford Focus. So it's kind of like, what are you doing right now? I don't understand. Yeah. But, yeah. So these uh, – And these I don't like to put Jordan. Yeah, exactly. These Jeeps and, you're and talking And it's like – All right. What kind of Jeeps are they? Are they Wranglers? Are they like uh, – Oh, are they sorry. Um, Grand Cherokees? Uh, uh, he drives a Wrangler. But, yeah, he – whatever. That That's kind of a chick car, too. And I hope he's listening. Um yeah, so I don't understand what, what the definition of a chick car is. All I know, yeah, all I know is that my car is quick and super efficient good on gas. On gas, so that's all that really matters. Yes, you know what? And Jettas good crash actually, things for the baby. Yeah, Jettas are actually pretty I'm nice. I'm a fan. They're decent on fuel. Um, the only downside. I mean, if you're going to get a car, I mean, I think it's, you know, I mean, unless you're, if you're going to get like a regular, 
not high-end BMW. You're just going to get a regular car. I mean, I think it's about three series, yeah. About as good as you're going to get. The only downside, though, is that because it's made in Germany, you have to import parts. So, oh uh, yeah, that is the one thing. So it's it's a little expensive. Man, I, I, I in the fast, bag. yeah. So I know. Yeah. That. Well, in the fast-paced, lucrative world of weekly podcasting with 13 listeners, I, I'm good. I'm not worried about price at all. Not worried about cost of nothing. Yeah. I walk around the house like I'm Mace in the Feel So Good video. Uh, so, yeah, you know what? Sure we, do. we don't have – we have like – yeah, we only have like 20 minutes left. So, let's get into some um, – let's get into some quick UFC talk. Uh, did you see Did yeah. you see the thing today? With John Jones? No, 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 no. Not, well, yeah, that too. But, no, the, uh, the Conor McGregor, um, Nate Diaz thing. So – Oh, the, Quick thought, uh, and I want to get the in, embedded video. Or yeah, whatever. The, the water bottle thing. They were throwing each other, whatever. But, but hold on, I, I didn't see that. Now. Talk. Let, let me. Oh, okay, they got in an argument. They were throwing water bottles at each other. They were giving each other the finger. Things got a little heated. Uh, whatever. Dana White cut whatever the hell they were trying to do. The press conference short. You know what's funny though is everyone's like, "Diaz is gonna beat McGregor's ass." Blah blah blah. I I rewatched that fight twice. And I'm going to let you go after this because I would love to hear you because you're a smarter, more seasoned UFC uh, fan and watcher than I am. So I watched, I rewatched the Diaz-McGregor fight. McGregor was winning that fight pretty easily, actually. I think if he kept at that pace, I think he wins every round. Uh, he made a mistake, gassed himself out, having never fought at 170. He moved up to 170 in, what, 13 days or whatever. And... And I, I think he thought he he would knock him out because he hit him with a lot of clean shots. He busted him open pretty good early, too. I mean, obviously, it only went a round and a half. And he busted Diaz open early. Diaz was bleeding all over the place. And he made a mistake. Diaz got him on the ground and choked him out. That's how UFC is. So, not discrediting Diaz's exactly win. More, yeah, and more discrediting everyone's assertion that Diaz dominated that fight. Diaz was 100% losing that fight, and McGregor was better in that fight. He's a, McGregor's a more talented fighter. He's a better fighter. I think now that he's used to being at 170, I think that he's not going to fight him like that again. I think he just miscalculated. I, I really do. And in hindsight, it should have been very easy to guess who was going to win that fight um, because Diaz has a granite-like chin. So... Uh, right. McGregor's not gonna not gonna knock him out. I think he's gonna win. I think he's gonna win a decision, but I think the decision is going to be pretty obvious. I I, I just don't picture him making another mistake like that. Um, uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, you pretty much you know hit it on the hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's he he gassed himself out. Um, people don't realize that weight cutting is kind of. I mean, there's a science behind it. You know. They, Going from fighting a guy at 155, which he was supposed to fight Rafael Dos Anjos um, at, and then two weeks before the fight goes down, you know, they pull out and he has to move up another weight class. Um, I mean, that totally changed things. Yeah, and and that's big. I mean, he came in, I think, at 168. I mean, he had a game weight. Um, He's not a I think I read somewhere he's like 5'11", which is kind of surprising. But, yeah, I mean, he had a gain weight. That totally throws you off, for sure. Um, I think right. that may have affected him. Now, if they made the fight at 155 and Diaz actually had a cut weight instead of just walking in, I think it, right. it, I mean, it may have benefited Connor. Um, you're right. I mean, Connor is definitely the more talented fighter. Um, obviously, he is championship material. He is the uh, 145 champ. Um, you know, he's um, honestly, you know, he, he's a high-end fighter from you know, the lower weight classes. Um, Diaz just isn't. Um, and I agree. He just um, Connor just gassed himself and ended up um, paying the price because he just overexerted himself. And uh, and. You're right. I, I, I feel like a lot of people are just saying Diaz is going to come in and 
and just clean the floor with them, but I don't see it that, see it that way at all. Um, even uh, no, I don't think so either. Canelo, Canelo Alvarez said, um, the professional boxer, he's like, can I watch that fight? Diaz didn't beat Connor. Connor beat Connor. So. Yep. And I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Connor. It's just. It's just like cold hard back that you know just. He didn't manage. He didn't manage his energy right, and he didn't. You know, the late change hurt him. And it'll be interesting to see what happens on Saturday. Yeah. Well, um, I'm actually upset at myself because I'm out of town again. Um, for yeah. uh, yeah, I'm out of town again for, and it's I'm actually I'm borderline devastated, but um, you know it happens. I mean, I was oh. out of town for the Robbie Lawler fight too, and I was out of town for the UFC uh, 200 miss. card. You didn't miss a lot in that Robbie Lawler fight. I mean, it was three what three quarters of a round or whatever it was. Um, oh yeah, it was actually kind of bad. You know, obviously everyone heard. I predicted Robbie Lawler would win easily, um, but he—I mean, he just looked like a shadow of himself. He just—he looked slow. He looked like he was almost afraid to get hit. Um, and I do think that you know the his past few fights where he just took a beating, uh, I do think it took a toll on him. So as a guy that's oh. trying to catch up on UFC, the—I'm uh, trying to watch all these old fights with a lot of the fighters that are big now. Um, because, like I said, I'm using the UFC basically to fill in the gaps for uh, NBA and NFL season. You know, it's just I can't watch baseball anymore. I didn't grow up watching hockey, so I have no idea what's going on. So I have a some, and by small, I mean minuscule background of of knowing what they're doing when I'm watching. Uh, I know the I I know uh, I know sort of what's going on in most UFC fights, and as I watch, I'm learning. And um, so. I did watch uh, a lot of Robbie Lawler's old fights, and um, that Rory McDonald fight, I, I don't know how either of those guys fought again not- after that. Like, that's, that was one of the most brutal, bloody, kind of horrific fights to watch. And I think he just shattered McDonald's nose, and then, like, but that, that was insane. And then um, Lawler, and then the McDonald's Lawler fight where he fought- split his... Oh, McDonald's just fought, uh, what's his face? Um... Uh, Thompson, Stephen Thompson. Wonder Boy Thompson, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and I, your point. who was he? Who was he fighting when he when he cut his lip open? Why am I drawing a complete blank on that? By, by cut his lip open, I mean he uh, severed his, uh, oh, his mouth. Um, I think that was was that Carlos Condit. I think it was Carlos Condit. Yes, yes, it was Carlos Condit. Now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. So. So, I mean, just he took a beating. alone? Or... Yeah. I honestly thought up until, what was it, the mid-third round, he, you know, I thought he was losing the fight pretty uh, pretty bad. Yeah. I thought Condit was just, yeah. Condit was doing a lot of damage. He was just kind of throwing those, you know, those pitter-patter punches and just basically making contact. It didn't look like he was dealing much with them. But if you look at the right. fight stats, Carlos Gondon had a lot more significant strikes than um, yeah than Robbie. Did. Um, yep. Everybody hits a wall, and, especially uh, in fighting. Man, I, I I don't think Woodley's uh, reign is going to last long. I think I think Wonder Boy is going to beat him. Um, and I, I Woodley, I mean, basically what everybody says about Woodley going back and watch a lot of his fights, he gasses too early. He's he's yep. he's a lot of substance, or he's a lot of uh, he's a lot of on the surface strength, but he's not a he's not a distance guy. And I know yep. he said it was racist to say, which I think is absolutely absurd by saying that he's explosive and an athlete. It's exactly what he is. I don't think anyone's really saying anything out of you know context when they say that. They say he's an explosive athlete, and that's he's exactly basically what he is. a young Rashad Evans. I mean. That's a great comparison, you know, there's, yeah. There's, there's, you know, he, he's a good wrestler. Actually, Rashad probably had better cardio, to tell you the truth. And Rashad had... Yeah, I mean... Hands. 
Yeah, probably. I just don't think Woodley's. I just don't think his reign's going to last past uh, the 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 Wonder Boy fight. I really don't. Um, so we'll Woodley we'll touch, we'll touch on him pretty bad. What, yeah, Woodley pissed me off when, after he won the title, and they had that interview. Um, Stephen Thompson was working for Fox, and and yeah. it's like, oh, okay, so you know, are we going to do? Yeah, you know, get. Are we up next or whatever he said? And then Woodley yeah. was like, no, I want big money fights. It's like, bro, you just came off an 18-month layoff to, right. you know, who knows? You know, I don't want to call it a lucky punch. I, you know, it looked like you're just too fast for Robbie that night. But, like, you scored this win, and that's great. But if you fought him five times, how many times did you win? Um, I don't. Uh, once? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. If he fights Robbie Lawler like, a year ago. You t- I don't think I don't even think it's a match. Like I, I really think Robbie just runs right through him. I totally agree. And it's like you just won the title. Like you can't. Like if you had made two or three defenses, you know that's one thing. And you know you kind of ran through like the top guys, and that's one thing. But if you're if you just won the title, I don't think you could sit there and be like, oh no, I, I I'll only fight GSP. I'm not going to fight the number one contender. GSP hasn't fought in three that's years. Crazy. You know, it, it just kind of rubbed me the right. wrong way. And actually, I kind of hope Woodley gets knocked out just because of that. I like oh, that, by yeah. By the way, um, um, yeah. So I actually started training Brazilian jiu-jitsu last weekend. I forgot to tell you that. Oh, yeah? How'd that go? How'd your first, uh, <laughs> yeah. how'd your first time go? Um, yeah. I uh, I mean, I just kind of went through the, you know, the, the base techniques, and I don't remember sweating as bad as I I did last Saturday. Um, I don't. I can't remember. Did you guys last start time with like get, getting like, with like guards and like uh did you guys start did you guys yeah. do any of that stuff? Like Yeah, yeah, like being in guard, passing guard, all that stuff. And then just yeah, body guard, all that yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. So yeah, I mean I'm oh, nice. I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna I think it'll be it'll be a good way to you know, drop some weight and stay in shape and uh, learn a useful skill. I mean, you never know when, you know, something might hey, come man. up and you have to do this. When so. Dan's out dating an orthopedic surgeon and someone looks at her wrong, you're getting a chokehold. Like, that's all there is. Like, Dan's out dating an obstetrician or you know, some 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 medical <laughs> professional. Someone eyeballs her. That's exactly what's going right so, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Dan, so the, uh, looking at Dan's overweight date the wrong way, you know, kick right in the face. You're going Holly Holm on a son of a bitch. Um, I'm right. Good, though. I'm glad that you're doing Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're doing that. Uh, yeah. I think I got to wait for the baby to turn a few, uh, you know, we gotta, I think I got to wait for her to age a little bit before I can start going because I'm already, I'm already short on time in my life. Doing this show is, uh, yeah, it's taken up uh, way more time than, uh, than I think it needs to. That I think it needs to sometimes yeah. because I, uh, yeah, the lack of show prep yeah, for is me, uh, basically me texting Dan on a Wednesday, be like, "Can you do the show tonight?" Dan always almost always says yes, and then I literally it's found me out uh, wanting to do show prep. Today. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then it's me, it's yeah, and then it's me like trying to re- look up stuff at seven fifty or eight fifty, depending on what time I start the show, or excuse me, what oh, time dude, I start the show I- up. Yeah. So after work, I ran. I actually I met a guy I bought some Browns tickets off of the Browns Patriots game, which I'm actually really pumped about. Even though the Browns are going to get annihilated because it's Brady's first game back and he's going to be pissed. Week um, five, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Probably the last time Brady will ever play in Cleveland. So I'm kind of pumped about it. I've never seen him play live. Yeah. Um, and just to see one of the greatest quarterbacks ever is just worth the price of admission. Uh, anyways, yeah. um, back to the point. Um, so, anyways, yeah, I mean, I was going and picking up tickets and picking up to-go food when we first started the show or when I first got on. So, yeah, show prep is uh, could probably be worked on a little bit. Right. Listen, Michael Rappaport has a very successful podcast, and he has shirts that say that says, "I don't fact check." So, I, I, I you know, it's fine. It's not a big mm-hmm. deal. Um, it's yeah. called Google. Like, yeah, look up your own shit. Like, don't. Yeah. 
We're just trying to figure out what the show is, basically. That's that's all we're doing. These first these first mm-hmm. like ten to twenty shows really don't matter at all. In all honesty, they're all throwaways. They're they're us trying to they're us trying to they're training you know, camp. They're preseason. Right. It's us trying to they're it's the us trying to learn how to ride a bike right now. Yeah. Right. By the way, we're in the tri- we're in the tricycle phase. Uh, yeah, exactly. Are you doing fantasy football this year? Yes. Are you? How many leagues uh, are you at? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Just just one, maybe one at work, maybe two, um, but but only one. I'm telling you, man, I gotta I, I gotta say, like, you, I don't like using an excuse, and it's not work. But having a kid and working 50 hours a week, extremely time consuming. So that's why I didn't play fantasy oh, basketball yeah. or fantasy baseball because it, it's just I I these I don't have many pockets of free time. Um, she occupies right. a lot of it, and that's I, that's fine. It's fun. I like it. Because um, she's a good baby. She's basically, like I said, I think I said before, she's like raising an, an old cat. She's pretty, pretty easy to deal with. Um, but, yeah, I just, I'm only doing one league this year. Okay. All right, well, if you start another um, one, let me know. I'm in an office league, but just, uh, I guess, outside the office. Yeah, we'll do. I'll do another um, one. And if you do a basketball uh, league, I, w- I want in this year. Yeah, if I can get into one, I will. Um, yeah, I think my buddy Brian might be doing one, so I might do a basketball league. Um, so anyway, we uh, I'm coming to see you in like a week, um, week from Sunday. So that's exciting. Uh, as long as it's not raining, that came up we're quick. The point, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh no, two weeks. Sorry, it's two weeks from this week. Forgot we're doing a Labor Day weekend. So, yeah, two weeks from Sunday. So, as long as it doesn't rain, I think we're doing Cedar Point. If it does rain, we can just, we can just go we we'll just walk around Cleveland or something. Yeah, yeah, there's plenty of stuff to do. Yeah, if it rains, we'll figure it out. It'll, uh, we'll have a good time anyway. Yeah, staying for the night, um, which is going to be a good time. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Like so, anyway, tricycle phase, yeah. Yeah, I'm bringing my own pillow because uh, Ashley and I stayed at this. Uh, we we got the suite at Seneca Allegheny Casino because our anniversary was last Wednesday. Um, so this past weekend we went. We you know we we you know what's funny is that like we spent way more money than we should have basically because we couldn't find we couldn't find anywhere to really go because we planned this whole thing late. And uh, so we, we we kept having to go more expensive in order to find somewhere to go this weekend. And uh, yeah. this past weekend, excuse me. And um, so we got this suite, this quarter suite, the Seneca, uh, Seneca Allegheny Casino in Salamanca, New York, which is right outside of this uh, little town called uh, Ellicottville, where there's a brewing company that's pretty well known in this area, which actually maybe uh, when I come see you, I'll bring you some of their stuff. They have this, uh, they have this blueberry wheat beer that is freaking incredible. Um, but anyway, um, so, yeah, this suite it had a uh, jacuzzi tub with, like, different color lights in it, which is kind of spiffy. This massive shower, huge bed, big TV. There was a TV uh, basically so you could watch it in the jacuzzi. Um, it was, uh, I think it was about $400 after everything, after room service, resort fee, whatever the hell resort fee means. I don't know why the resort fee isn't included in the freaking price of the room, but, yeah. So after they go set and done, it was, like, between yeah. four and 450 bucks. For a night, it was, uh, and I did zero gambling basically because the casino smells like a damn cigarette. But, um, but yeah, you know, so I'm not a big was, gambler uh, at all. I, I'm not a big I gambler at all. Be. I just never. I guess I, I it's just a you know, that stupid waste of time. Money that I'm spending too much. Right. I just never got it's, into. It's a. It's a waste of time. It's not productive. Like it's it's especially yeah. games of like um you know, basically the slots. That's all luck. Like I don't like games of luck. I'd much rather play like blackjack or you know hold'em or something where it's like a skill game. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a big gambler either. Like I said, the whole thing smelled like yeah. cigarettes. So anyway, the the. Uh, the, the casino by us, Mike Tyson is going to be there doing his Undisputed Truth Tour on October 8th. And I mm-hmm. actually think I'm going, I'm going to go. I'm really excited, actually, because uh, he's one of my favorite athletes of all time. Um, so I uh, hope I can go anyway. Um, but, yeah, should be a good time. 
Uh, I forget my point with the original. Th- oh yeah, that's why I did the show alone last week. By the way, because Wednesday was my anniversary, and actually, I made I wanted to make dinner and stuff, and uh, try to be a yeah. good husband for uh, one day out of the year. It's very difficult. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I don't know. It was good. It I was, can't uh, remember why, yeah, but it, it ended fun. up working out really well. Cause I, I was busy, or I, I was just like dead tired at the end of work. So right. Yeah. So uh, it's good. I'm. I got. It. And you know what? I can't say that on the air. Uh, somebody else is talking about trouble. Um, anyway, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm really tired though, so uh, we're just getting into the podcast here. Why not? Right? This is the tricycle phase. Sure. We can really just do whatever, say whatever, and then try to just figure it out. I think at a certain point, uh, when my schedule gets a lot less less hectic, I uh, you know try to do a format. We'll talk about the show like on Sunday or Monday. We basically what we have to do is during the games on the weekends, we have to text during them. So we uh, have right. some talking points and then uh, sort of go from there because I didn't even respond to your text yesterday. I totally forgot that you sent the Marcel Darius well, thing. Well, I, I was guessing and then, it was because I have a uh, weekend. I saw your wife yeah. posting about it on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Um, so weekend was fun, I just, though. Yeah. Uh, I had a great time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, weekends are full, man. Like uh, this weekend I'm going freaking Thousand Islands. And then weekend after, I'm helping a buddy from Derby move. That's the guy with the Jeep. And then after that, going to see you. And then after that, it's freaking week one, son. I'm pumped. Week one. I'm, I'm like, over the moon yeah, about it. I having a bunch wait. of people at the house. Yeah. Yeah, having a, having a nice party over here. And uh, going to have both TVs set up. Going to have one playing red zone. Uh, and then the big one's going to be on the Bills game at one. Uh, Giants game at four. And uh, then everyone's getting booted at 7.30 when the game's over because uh, no one's staying for the friggin' night game. Um, so I'll be tired. Oh, I'm going to the Bills home opener on September 15th. It's on a Thursday night. And my boss the came Bills in and the schedule came out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, my boss I came in like and basically – I feel like I need to go. I go to the Browns home game. opener yeah, every single year. It's actually yeah. more about the party than it is, you know, and just football being back than it is about – Browns or the Bills because they're both kind of suck. Yeah, basically. You know what? Sorry, let's, we got to look at the Bills schedule. It, yeah, let's look at the Bills schedule. So, My buddy Sean has season tickets, so I'll buy them off of him and uh, yeah. to games that he's not going to go to. And let's get you to a Bills game to see if um, see if uh, I want to compare tailgating and environments because I I'm, I still want to go to the uh, a Cleveland game this year. Um, oh, the I think they play. And, I think. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, we play the uh, NFC East. So, yeah. yeah so. Um, actually, it's funny you say that because when I was talking to the guy that I just bought these Patriots tickets off of, um, I told him that I was that you were, you know, I had a friend that was interested in coming to town to see the see the Giants game, and he said he still has them for sale. And these are really oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how much? Uh, you know, we're talking about the doctor. So, yeah. oh, nice. Um, so there's a Bills at Niners game on October 16th. If you want to go to that. Um, Wait, Bills at Niners? Oh. San Francisco. Then. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's, sorry, Niners at Buffalo. Um, <laughs> oh. Bills played a lot of their home games at the end of the year. They have three straight home games in December. Steelers play at Buffalo. Cleveland plays at Buffalo, and then Miami plays at Buffalo. Like yeah. basically. For an entire month. Did you think the Browns play, um, play in Buffalo? Yeah, what they do. December 18th. Uh, week oh, 15. Yeah. You know how yeah. bad that's going to suck being outside <laughs> in know. Buffalo. Uh, yeah, yeah, I always yeah, get sucked into suck. a December game, too. And then I know, freeze my ass off play... and try to drink as much as possible. Oh! The Cardinals play the Bills week three. They play at Buffalo? I didn't know that. Dude. That's what you said, right? I should go to that one. Uh, yeah, the uh, the one I was talking about was the Niners one. Anyway, let's talk about this off air. That's fine. Let's just text about this because I got to go to bed. And I got to get the baby right. to bed because I'm sure she's still up. Because the kid freaking – she has the same, like, inter- same internal clock as, like, a stand-up comedian. I swear to God. She does not want to go to bed – any earlier than 10 or 10.30. And then she wants to get up at 5. She's she's like a CEO. She doesn't sleep. 
it's ridiculous. Jeez. So anyway, yeah. All right. Yeah, this this has been under Sounds the hoodies. Good. It's Dan. I'm Bill, and uh, we'll talk to you next Wednesday at 8 or 9 o'clock, whenever one of us is available to uh, at least start filibustering at the beginning of the show. And that is three weeks in a row I have used filibustering in the show. So uh, the streak will continue next week. A word that has been in probably 20 years. No, I know. It's, uh, I don't think anybody filibusters <laughs> anymore. But, uh, yeah. Um, but all right, man, I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right, man. Later.